It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And welcome into Poke the Bear episode 129. That's Connor Ryan. I'm Evan Marinovsky. Connor, what is up? Evan, I'm doing well. How you doing? Doing great. Doing great. Uh, and what's funny is we spent Bruins beat uh, praising Jake DeBrusque, how important he was, how impactful he was, and he would be, and how it kind of saved them for the trade deadline. And then now, as people know, we record Bruins Beat Monday. It comes out Tuesday. This week it was because Winter Classic Tuesday came out Wednesday. Uh, within eight hours of that dropping, I think, it was reported. First reported by uh, Mark Allred, uh, but and and confirmed by the team uh, that Jake DeBrusque, uh tore or uh, fractured his fibula. Uh, correct? That's that's the, I have the right part of the leg, I believe. Yes. Uh, yeah. And I think and also so, also a hand injury, I believe too, is lower oh, body and hand injury. So yes. I know he got he got slashed in the very end of the first period and left a little bit early. So add that to the list as well. Yes. Yeah, so he uh, he left the Winter Classic with a laundry list of injuries. Out for four weeks, the team uh, projects, and on LTIR, the magic of LTIR, and suddenly things look a little bit different. I think first and foremost, this and this goes without saying, this is terrible for DeBrusque. Um, guy was fitting in perfectly, as we mentioned, to the top six, um, having a, you know, career year, uh, alongside Bergeron and Marsh. And, uh, this is just a really brutal break for him. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think it's the best way to put it. Pun not intended in terms no, of pun the, definitely uh, not intended. Um, but yeah, you look at this team and yes, they still have plenty of star talent. This is a team that's kind of been lifted all year by secondary scoring. Um, so it's not like a, a thing that's going to hopefully derail this team. But when you look at just how well DeBrusque has been playing, especially over the last like two weeks, especially, I think you've really seen him hit like another gear uh, in terms of his uh, ability to get in the inside ice, uh, you know, develop scoring chances, make plays happen off the four check. It's just a, a huge setback for him, right? Like this is a guy that seemed to be, playing uh, at a level we haven't seen in quite some time. Um, a guy that uh, was on pace uh, after that two goal game in the winter classic for 36 goals. Um, and it just stinks too. Like he could also come back in a month and still be at a high level of play. But when it's, you know, ends up being 59 games and you have 25 goals or something like that, that's very good. Like you'll take it, but still 
you'd like to see him finally get rewarded with a full season, that 30 goal campaign that, you know, I think the Bruins and Bruins fans have been waiting for him to hit that point and he was well on his way. So uh, it's just, just a huge step back for, for him and a, a setback for the Bruins, especially in terms of just having that guy that honestly is probably the second best, maybe pure finisher on the team right now, right? Like he doesn't have the, the release of a David Pasternak or what have you, but in terms of his ability to get into that great ice, clear up rebounds, tip pucks, all those things. Like he's a guy that is reliable and useful in terms of just getting those kind of greasy goals that are huge, especially when the team maybe is lagging a little bit in terms of offensive generation. Yeah. I mean, you saw it on the winter classic, the ice was shitty and you know, you have uh, a guy like him who again is not going to dangle through three defenders and go top shelf but is just good at those greasy, dirty goals sometimes and, bo- and and just slamming home rebounds. He's all, you know, when he's on, he's so good at putting himself in positions to just pot home a rebound or, you know, to uh, to get a quick shot off around the net. And, you know, you saw when he was really struggling uh, that 2021 uh, the 2021 season and then the the uh, or, or no, excuse me, the 2020 season. No, the. I'm I'm really mixing myself up here. The 2021 season, the 2021 season, and the beginning of the 21-22 season. Time has blended together because of COVID. I think we have to understand. Like the time is non-existent anymore. They're doing like a little. They're doing like a little Christopher Nolan movie there or something, <laughs> yes. trying to describe the plot of something. <laughs> Going completely interstellar here. Um, but I do think when he was struggling for those times, as we mentioned, you could never notice him. Because he wasn't fighting to go to the to that great ice. He wasn't fighting to get inside the defense and things like that. Instead, instead, he was, you know, on the perimeter. He was not and he wasn't producing because of it. And now uh since his, you know, revitalization, you're seeing that a bit more. Um, and I, I think again it's it's good for the Bruins. But the real question is how this affects the Bruins. Obviously, it's bad for Debrusque. We all agree. This is not help Debrusque. This does not help his production. Uh, it certainly hurts the Bruins, but you know, we'll get to the whole deadline thing in a second, but I will go back to this. The depth, Connor. The depth. They they most likely will survive this. They most likely will survive this. You know, you'll move. I would imagine you would move Taylor Hall up. I mean, just judging off the line rushes from, from Thursday. You also have Pavel Zaka in there as well, but it still isn't a, a great thing for the Bruins. Right, yeah. I, I think even... It's not a short-term injury when he's on LTIR and you're looking at at least a month where he's going to be on the shelf. But in in terms of how they can kind of overcome this is, you know, this is a team that all season long has been uh, lifted by that depth. And I think even this is where you see a guy like uh, Pavel Zaka being such a huge pickup for this team, whether it be earlier in the year when David Krejci was out and he's been a guy that's been productive whenever he's kind of stepped into that 2C spot. And if he's on the wing now, if he's replacing, uh, let's say, Pasternak, who I would say most likely is going to get slotted up to the the top line. I think if it ain't broke, don't fix it in terms of yeah. Marcin Berger and Pasternak. <laughs> so they should be covered there. The line will still be very, very good. It's about just the domino effect, I think, is the biggest issue. And so for right now, if Zaka is kind of the, the guy that's on that second line with Krejci and Hall, not too bad. Like you're not. It's not like a, you're bringing up a guy from Providence, or it's maybe a guy that has shown flashes, like a Frederick or Felino, that could, in a pinch, work out on a top six role. But still, having a guy like Zacco, I think, has that high end skill, um, can fit in pretty well in that second line for now. So, and you look at the rest of the domino effect. Like if it's Felino up on the third line, he's actually been really, really good 
in a pinch when he's been up with Coyle and Frederick. That's a line that, um, you know, has been noted of being a puck possession team, but having Felino there keeps him, I think, even rolling out a simpler game in terms of just winning pucks down low, uh, opening up space, and he's been effective in that role so far. So a little bit of lineup toggling for sure, but it's also not like a situation where the Bruins don't have the personnel in place to uh, at least account for that. Like they have bodies, right? They, It's not going to be the same in terms of what DeBrusque brings them in terms of maybe tangible production, but it's not like they're reaching for, uh, you know, putting a guy that shouldn't be in a top six spot or what have you. Yeah, I mean, again, you look at even just from uh, from Thursday's line rushes. Again, this is we're recording this before the game against the Kings uh, on Thursday night. It's that time of the year. Again, we say this all the time. Where recording before game, maybe we'll make some predictions. Bruins win, Kings win. They they just go on forever. The shootout never ends. Who knows? But I think the good thing is that Felino has been playing well enough this year to make a real impact on that third line, as you mentioned with Coyle and Frederick. Safe bet. Safe bet. That Felino does his job next to Coyle and Frederick. But we're talking really safe bets, talking about our good friends over at Bet Online. Right, you are, Evan. Listen up, guys. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your bet needs and sports info. Over at Bet Online, you can still find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, the latest fighting news, NFL bets, and yes, with the NHL back, even more wages and odds. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. It's super easy to get started, so head to the website today or use your mobile device to join and use our promo code CLNS50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's promo code CLNS50. BetOnline, where the game starts. Stats. Where are the game stats? So I think a lot of people are wondering. I think there's two lines of thinking here. Uh, a, the Bruins have to go out and make a big move at the deadline. And B, and or B, bring up Fabian Lysel and give him a look. As, you know, whether it be a top six right winger, uh, putting him on that third line with Coyle and Frederick. Um, and I think people should be cautious with both. Uh, I don't, again, if DeBrusque is out four weeks... That brings you to beginning of February from now. Um, I don't know if that warrants going out and trading a first and other top prospects from for Patrick Kane. You know, I mean, again, if DeBrusque was out for the season, if DeBrusque tore his ACL and was done, then maybe you might have a point. Just, you know, go all in for this year. I, I don't know how much I love the idea of, hey, the Bruins need to go all in trade stuff they don't need to trade for a guy like a Patrick Kane. What do you think? Yeah, I also just don't know how feasible once again it is. Again, I'm not a cap wizard. I don't We are we are no yeah. I might my name might be Evan, but my last name is certainly not Gold. It is, yeah, you are not Evan Gold. So, you know, I'm sure there's plenty of other cap uh loopholes and trickery that a lot more uh esteemed people uh probably are well aware of, but I think even when you look at the LTIR space the Bruins have, which again is going to dry up once DeBrusque Inevitably comes back. You know, this isn't a situation where he's going to be out and he could come back end of April, where you could kind of bank that that LTIR space and have some flexibility. It's not going to be the case. So I still don't see them having one the assets and two the financial flexibility to, to take on a big contract. Like even if it's like Patrick Kane, who has a huge contract, and even if you retain money, that also means you're giving more assets to Chicago, most likely in a deal. So I still don't see them being in a spot where they're going to be a realistic player for a 
impact top six guy. And even then, as we said, you can make the case they go all in, but I still don't really know if you have the the right spots in terms of just how much flexibility you have in that regard. So I don't, I don't see them being a, a player for, you know, they could get a guy that could be another middle six option. Like if there's a Zaka ish player or another fourth line guy that can kind of solidify the bottom six would not be surprised, but Patrick Kane or Bo Horvat or any of these other guys that are on pace for 80 plus points. You know, I think Bo Horvat's on pace for what, like 56 goals. <laughs> don't see it happening. There's a need for him, especially after this year, if a few guys leave down the middle, but I just don't see the Bruins being realistic players there. Um, so we're going to see what the next steps are. Again, I think most of it's internal right now and how they address DeBrus' injury, but if you're looking for outside help, I don't see that being the case over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, again, I, I don't know that you need to, uh, and I tweeted out you know, after the injury happened, uh, it had not been announced that four weeks was the, the timetable. I said, oh, maybe this changes things for the deadline. I don't think it really does. Um, maybe, again, this kind of just points out, hey, you need more depth for the playoffs, just like on D. Like The Bruins have good depth now, but more depth couldn't, you know, won't hurt if you want to deal a second or third round pick for, as you said, a Zaka type player. Fine, like, fine, go for it. Like a to harken back to the 2011 uh, comparisons, like a Rich Peverly or a Chris Kelly, like go for it. I'm not, I'm not opposed to that whatsoever. Um, but again, I don't think this changes a need for like a Patrick Kane um, or as you said, like a Bo Horvat. I don't think you need to get, get the biggest fish uh, in the pond. I think there's going to be teams that are gunning for those players and you don't need them. I mean, again, you just lost your, uh, a top six stalwart and your top six is, kind of fine after he he goes like you have the pieces there that can come in and kind of replace him uh the other question and I, I briefly alluded to this Fabian Lysel uh Fabian Lysel uh I think you know obviously you know off at world juniors a lot of people are saying you know hey when he comes back should he get a look um I mean the lineup looks set personally I'm intrigued to see how he would do in the NHL um but I don't think that this situation necessarily calls for a call-up uh, of him. What do you think? Yeah, I think you have to look at the big picture and kind of the long-term outlook here. When you look at just how well this team is playing right now, um, if there's a situation where you don't have to burn a year of his of his ELC contract by bringing him up to the NHL, and he's a guy that, again, you look at his numbers in Providence, very encouraging, right? I think he's got 19 points in 20 games. Has not had a good World Juniors, right? I think he's, what, zero points in seven games, which for a guy that is known as being offensively minded, you know, has the, to get to the NHL level, has to clean him maybe his defensive game. He seems like a guy that could, you know, light things up in World Junior. It's not been the case this year. It's been pretty disappointing for him. So I think if you're the Bruins, yes, he still is a high-end prospect, a blue-chip prospect for your team especially. But I would now, even with DeBrusque on the mend, uh, you know, burn that year of his contract and bring him up here for a test run when, again, this is a team that's already playing at a high level. Uh, I don't think you necessarily need to accelerate his timeline when you look at just the way this team's playing right now. Uh, give Lysol the time he needs to, you know, get caught up to speed uh, down in Providence and really hone his overall game because I don't think you need to rush him even with this, you know, vacancy, I guess you can call it. But again, when you got Zaka and Fleen on these other guys, I just don't really see it, right? I don't think you have to go above and beyond to bring a guy like Lysel up when he's going to get called up and get, you know, hammered into the boards against like the Ducks or what have you, right? Like, give <laughs> give him his time. Yes. No, I agree. I mean, again, you just look at 
Uh, you look at, you know, are you going to take out Felino? No. Are you going to take out anybody in the fourth line? No, you're not putting Lysel on the fourth line. Um, and, you know, you're taking out Frederick? No. Or, like, you know, you're moving Zaka back down off the top six. So to me, again, like from a hockey watcher perspective, of course, I'm curious to see how Fabian Lysel does with the Bruins. I think everybody is. Uh, but I just think the way this season has gone, how well things are going, Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Connor, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And there's no reason, as you said, to burn a year of the ELC and get him in there when you know you don't have to. Uh, what I will say, though, is um, – and I'll pose a question. I don't have a I, – I don't think I – I'm not in favor of this. I'll say this. Uh, but we're talking about trade deadline, and for a long time, trading Fabian Lysol has been a huge no. That's always, you know, since they drafted him, it was always the case. He is the top prospect. He's, you know, got high offensive upside, you know, good future top six winger. Don't trade him. Um, eight goals, 19 points in 20 games down in Providence. Obviously, zero goals off at the uh, World Juniors right now. Um, is there any world in which he gets dealt? Uh, I mean, again, I think it has to do with the fact that there's so many other factors working against you, right? Like if you're trading a guy like Lysel, it's not for, I don't think, a rich Beverly or a middle six. Better not be. You're acquiring, you're acquiring, <laughs> a, <not> be. <laughs> you're acquiring like a legit player back. Are you talking about like a Kane or a Horvat as, as part of that deal? Are you talking about old friend Matias Ekholm, who apparently is now once again on the trade market. Like, are you acquiring another top four defenseman? Like it it has to be something like that. But again, you look at the cap flexibility, the fact that you probably have to move other contracts. So you once again have to throw in a couple of draft picks to get someone to take Mike Riley's contract or Craig Smith's contract. Are you dealing a useful NHL player like a Mac Rizlick or someone else like that to acquire another player like that? I feel like, Moving Lysel for right now just doesn't fit with just how the overall team is, is going. And you can counter that by saying, all right, don't make a move, but this team should be going all in. But I think you just look at all the other roadblocks in place with uh, the fiscal limitations and what have you. I just don't see it being feasible. Love to be surprised if they do something like that where they you know, are able to swing a trade. But it's not something where it's all right. We need to make a move. Let's give away our top prospect we've had in a couple of years for uh, a marginal upgrade or anything like that. So I just don't really see it happening unless like the right deal fell into place. But I think a lot of factors, especially financially, have to work in the Bruins' favor for that to happen. I mean, again, the money doesn't work. Like, because if you're dealing, let's say, like you did Lysel and I don't know prospects or something, or even like you know of, some players off the roster. For Bo Horvat, the money still really doesn't work. Yes. And I think that's what's so difficult. Also, 
Uh, you know how in NHL, um, when you do franchise mode, there's a thing called morale. And when you make a deal, it'll go up or down. This Bruins team morale is like as high as it can be, right? High as it can be. You deal a player off the current roster, you're impacting that. Now, again, that's part of getting better, right? Like I remember um, back in the day when uh, the Bruins let go Brad Boys, right? Like Patrice Bergeron like was deeply affected by it because Boys was a friend and obviously Bergeron's recovered. But on a team like this where you're going for a cup, I don't know. I don't know. It's a slippery Evan, slope. Evan, as we saw, I think, in uh, early November when a certain uh, move, ill-advised oh, move was made. Uh, don't mess with the vibes. No, no. Well, team, do not mess with the vibes, especially in that regard. That was a <laughs> all time. Yes. That was extreme. We, we can give them a pass if they went out and got like Matias at home, right? Like, OK, that makes sense. But but that one you're referring to uh, didn't make much sense nope. at all. Was not uh, that was uh, quite dumb. Quite dumb. Um, anyways, Connor, this has been a Jake DeBrusque uh, kind of centric episode. Before we go, uh, West Coast road trip. Uh, obviously, you know, you have L.A. in there. Uh, you have all the West Coast teams that, that you normally play. I don't have the schedule in front of me, so I'm, I'm blanking. I, they play the, the – this is stu- – this sounds really stupid, but uh, I don't want to mix them up because they always do separate trips like with Arizona uh, mm-hmm. and everything. Um, I know that they have – you know, they have Anaheim. Uh, they have San Jose coming up. Uh, how do you – is this a trap? I know that's a stupid question, but is this a trap? Uh, I mean, I think for the Bruins, it should be a good opportunity, I think, where you've got teams that maybe aren't at the top of their standings. You shouldn't view it as a trap. I think when you look at the way the Bruins have even played for the last couple of weeks, yes, they've been, you know, piling on points at a steady rate. But you also haven't seen, I think, a full 60 minute effort in quite some time. So I think it's a good opportunity to, you know, continue to build your game to hopefully get a few more guys rolling, especially with DeBrusque out. If you're able to go on this West Coast trip, um, you know, build some more of that team chemistry on the road, which is always a thing that I think this team really values any extended road trip like that. Um, if you're able to go out there, more guys get involved in the scoring. You have a guy like Zaka or Felino or these other guys that step into a little bit of heavier minutes. The, the Martian Bergeron Postenrock line gets a couple of goals. Um, you can get the momentum going back in their favor, right? And trending towards that winning hockey that yes, this team is, Talent-wise, is loaded. They can come back from plenty of different deficits and and uh, you know turn the momentum around. But you like to see a good like four-one win, a couple of, like four-one wins or three-zero wins or something like that over on the horizon where they kind of control play from the initial puck drop. So uh, it could be a, you could view it as being a trap in terms of maybe the level of the competition they're going up against. Even though you know I think give the Kings credit that should be a tough matchup uh, on thir- on Thursday night, but um, I think when you just look at the opportunity presented here where you're a little bit shorthanded, it should give the, the team a slate to hopefully kind of get back on, I wouldn't say winning hockey, but playing the right brand of hockey that they need to, to play, especially once you get further into the season and, and when you get to the spring. And can we just talk quickly about how bad the Ducks are? Like the Sharks are bad. We, we've we've discussed when when the Bruins were in on Tomas Hurdle, we discussed how bad the Sharks are last year. But remember that little beginning of the year last year, the little stretch where the Ducks were like first place in the Pacific. This was, you know, going back to last season. I know they fell off, but like they have a legitimate chance of getting Connor Bedard this uh, at this upcoming draft. So, I mean, like might be pretty good. I mean, at that point, (laughs) then it's worth it. Then it is very worth it. 
Um, but yeah, the Ducks, oh my God. I mean, just horrible. 11, 24, and 4, 26 points down there with the Blackhawks uh, and the Coyotes. So, um, hmm, never know. Might get Connor Bedard. Good. Bedard and Zegris and McTavish and Terry. That, that's a team that desperately needs like a rebrand too. Like get, honestly, get, get Bedard in there and then like go back to the old uh, sweaters. They, they egg, what do they call it? Like eggplant teal or whatever they call it. Like that. <laughs> yes, that, I agree. Bring those like funky colors back. Do like the 90s retro that is all the rage now across sports. And make that team just like fun because the, the players, the talent, it's there. Just got to put yes. it all together. Well, the logo, the, the D logo is really stupid. I've never liked that. Um, I don't know. And the colors aren't bad. Like, I like the orange, but just the alternates they have, which are the Mighty Ducks logo. I think yeah. that's, they just should be full time with that. Um, but anyways, Connor, what can people look forward to from you over at Boston.com? Yeah, we're going to have you covered uh, throughout this Bruin season with, uh, you know, takeaways, columns, uh, features, all that stuff over at Boston.com. Beyond the Bruins coverage, we'll have all the, the hot topics that come from Boston sports, whether that's the end of this Patriots season, Celtics, Red Sox, you just signed Rafael Devers. So there's rarely surprising. A, <laughs> yes, there's rare. We'd even talk about David Poston not getting that contract. So good for us, Evan, that we did. Yeah, we, we, we can still, we can no, we're good. No, we, we're, we're all set. We're all set. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, there's rarely a boring day in Boston sports. I think we can both attest to that. And we have you covered every step of the way over at boston.com. So please follow along over there. And if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can at Connor Ryan underscore 93. Go do all that. That's Connor Ryan, Evan Marinovsky, Poke the Bear listeners. Have a great rest of your week.